0: Mark chapter 9, verse 33. Mark chapter 9, verse 33. It's interesting that Philip should mention God observing our worship. Uh, I was thinking this week about the time that Jesus was sitting with the disciples and he was observing those who were giving, and he saw this little widow who... Was poor, didn't have a lot. Uh, she was bringing two mites, which I understand is less than one of our pennies, um, and she she deposited these two mites into the the treasury there. And Jesus stood up and said, no, took notice and said to his disciples, he said, she gave more than anybody else because she, out of her poverty, gave all she had. God observes us in our worship, in our service in life. And uh, he truly cares what is going on within our hearts. And he cares about the humility of our hearts and the selflessness of our hearts. And he saw in this widow such a love for God that she was willing to give every bit that she had to God in an expression of her love for him. What a great example that is for us. But we're also called to give of ourselves for other people. And that's going to be the focus of today's message, is the giving of ourselves for other people. But in the same way, Jesus looks at our hearts, right? On the outside, somebody could look good to God. The Pharisees were an example of that, or look good to men. Uh, But on the inside, Jesus told them they were full of rottenness and dead men's bones. So what we do for God, we need to do with a heart of humility, a heart of selflessness and service for him first, and then secondly, for others. Uh, Jesus is observing his own disciples and their very human argument And he asked them about it. He says, what were you arguing about? Kind of like a bunch of kids, you know, they get in trouble. You say, what were you doing? Silence, right? Nobody nobody says anything. And uh, Jesus knew that they were arguing about who is the greatest. I don't think that's all that rare today. I think there are still people today who are thinking, who is the greatest? Um. God does care about greatness in the kingdom of God, but God's definition is greater than our definition and is different than our definition of greatness. And uh, He talks with his disciples and he begins to explain to them what true greatness is. True greatness is found in a humility that looks to the needs of others. That's true greatness in the kingdom of God. And so... Uh, Jesus calls his disciples, but he calls us as well, to live out the specific definitions of spiritual greatness in the kingdom of God in humility and selflessness toward others. And the title of my message is, Who is Great? Uh, Look with me at verse 33 of Mark 9, and we'll read this passage. It says, They came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked him, What were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent, because on the way they had been arguing with one another about who was the greatest. Sitting down, he called the twelve, and he said to them, If anyone wants to be first, he must be last and servant of all. He took a child and had him stand among them. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one little child such as this in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me but him who sent me. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he wasn't following us. Don't stop him, said Jesus, because there is no one who will perform a miracle in my name who can soon afterwards speak evil of me. For whoever is not against us is for us. And whoever gives you a a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ, truly I tell you, he will never lose his reward. So who is great? In Jesus' examples here, we're going to see first of all, the person is great who serves others. The person is great who serves others. Others. Verse 35: Sitting down, he called the twelve and said to them, If anyone wants to be first, he must be last and servant of all. Now, this says something really great, I think, about the kingdom of God. And that is, you don't necessarily have to be smart or wealthy or have a position of some kind to be impressive. In the kingdom of God. What impresses God. Is a selfless humble heart. Um, what is what is a humble heart? Maybe we should answer that question. A humble heart. Is not somebody who talks about themselves. I could remember. Going through a stage of time. I think I was early in college. And I'd get together. We'd pray with some college kids. And people would say something like. Lord I'm a worm. Lord I'm awful. I'm not worthy. And they would go on like that for a while but the bible tells us that we're made in the image of god the bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made the bible says that though we are sinners we've been redeemed put into god's kingdom adopted as his children given spiritual gifts given talents and so forth so what is humility about if it's not about talking about how awful you are what is it about The truly humble person is not thinking of themselves. They're thinking of God and others. That's what humility is. And Jesus is putting that humility into very clear, practical things here in this scripture that we can apply. And one of them is service. He says, he who wants to be great in the kingdom must be the servant of all, must be last and the servant of all. And, of course, Jesus set the greatest example in that, didn't he? He was last. He was despised and rejected. He took our sins upon him, the wrath of God upon him on the cross, and willingly took our place, the punishment we deserved, as an act of service. The Bible calls him the suffering servant. Wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. And by his stripes we're healed. Jesus was the ultimate servant. Um, God has gifted us all differently. Some of you have a gift of service. What would we do without people with a gift of service? Nothing would ever get done. <laughs> Praise God for you. If you've got that gift, I thank God for you. May your tribe increase. Uh, people with a gift of service oftentimes will do things in the background. They'll take care of something in the, in the grounds of the church or, or fix something in the church or uh, just do, do different things to try to help other people get things done. And uh, usually very, they don't want to be, a lot of times don't want to be recognized. They're kind of in the background people, but they have a heart of service. Uh, this is the essence of what Jesus is talking about. But it, it's not just the person of service who has a gift of service that can serve others, right? You could have a speaking gift and serve others with a speaking gift of teaching or of uh, perhaps of leadership or something like that. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, what area of service it is, God just calls us to serve. Aren't you glad? You don't have to be somebody else to serve God in a way that's, that's pleasing to God. You just have to be willing to use what God has given you, the gifts he's given you, talents he's given you, resources he's given you, to bless other people. And as you serve other people with the gifts that God has given you, uh, Jesus says you're great in the kingdom of God uh Also I think in this attitude of service there is an attitude Jesus says you must be the last of all um, I remember hearing another pastor share uh, with me he was he was trying to set up for a service that they were in one of those uh, portable buildings or, or uh, temporary buildings and so he was having to set out the chairs and nobody had shown up to set out the chairs and he was doing it by himself and he said I was I was grumbling in my heart. He said, I I had a bad attitude. And I was saying, could nobody serve with me today? And he said, and God began to (laughs) convict me. You need to have a heart of service. And so uh, this attitude of saying, being willing to serve when others aren't willing to serve. Remember Jesus, when he washed the disciples' feet, nobody wanted to do it. Disciple Peter says, I'm not washing your feet, Andrew. Andrew says, Well, I'm not washing yours either, buddy. Jesus <laughs> observes all this and he just quietly goes and he gets the bowl and he he ties the towel around his waist and, and he begins to wash their feet. See, this is the attitude of somebody who has a heart of service. They're thinking about other people. And they're thinking about God. By the way, one way to have an attitude of service and to maintain that is to keep your eyes on Jesus. If you keep your eyes on people, you're going to get discouraged and out of sorts. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus, you can serve with the right attitude. Because ultimately, that's who we're doing it for, right? Jesus says, listen, as much as you've done it unto one of the least of these, you've done it unto me. And so, who is great in the kingdom of God? First of all, the person who serves others. Secondly, the person who welcomes others. The person who welcomes others. Verse 36, he took a child and had him stand among them and taking him in his arms. He said to them, whoever welcomes one little child such as this in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me but the one who sent me. So the person who welcomes others. Now, uh, we live in a culture where children are emphasized and youth is emphasized, and we glorify youth, but that was not the culture that they lived in. In their culture, they glorified old age and wisdom, and uh, the elders were revealed, the children were I guess, to be seen and not heard. Some of y'all probably remember those phrases. But uh, the the children were considered uh, the least of the people in society. And so as Jesus takes this little child into their midst, and by the way, they don't get the point because you read a little ahead, and they're telling the children not to bother Jesus. (laughs) That, That makes me feel better about myself. Doesn't it make you feel a little better? Anyway, Jesus takes this child, he brings him into the midst, and he says, if you welcome this little child, you'll be welcoming me. You'll be welcoming the Father. Uh, Somebody who is great in the kingdom of of God is somebody who thinks of God and others. They're not thinking about their reputation. Well, what's somebody going to think if I talk to that person? Uh, So they have a welcoming heart. Listen, I believe God wants us to welcome the little children. I think we've done that partially in paying for this this, uh, playground equipment, right? We're welcoming the little children. But kindness to children, talking to children, paying attention to children. But not just children. Paying attention to the elderly. Paying attention to the people in between. uh, Paying attention to people who have money. And people who don't. Paying attention to people who look good and who don't. Paying attention to people who smell good and who don't. And welcoming them. Paying attention to people in trouble with the law. People who are not in trouble with the law, right? Now, obviously, there may be security issues sometimes you have to consider. But... Uh, Praise God, I didn't have to get my act together to come to Christ. He received me as a sinner. Hallelujah. And and, and we need to welcome people because as we welcome people, we show them the love of Jesus. And we help them to see the heart of the God that sent his son to die for them and pay the price for their sin. And loving other people is one of the most important things we could ever do. Jesus said they'll know you're Christians by your love. I remember I was reading a book years ago when they were talking about D.L. Moody's church, and, and this little boy was walking down the sidewalk, and every Sunday he would pass all of these different churches on his way to to Mr. Moody's church. And finally, one of the people that was, I guess, standing out in front of these other churches began to get a little frustrated. And he, he asked the little boy, he said, He said, little boy, why do you walk past all these churches to go to Mr. Moody's church? He said, at Mr. Moody's church, they love little boys. Listen, I'm convinced that people are looking for genuine love. And they need it. And, and of course, the perfect place they'll find that is in a relationship with Jesus Christ. But uh, we, as God's people, are to demonstrate that In love for people. So people who come to this church or people who come to a Sunday school class, don't wait for somebody else to take the initiative to welcome them. You welcome them. Uh, Don't say, well, somebody else will take care of that. Uh, I'm concerned with something else. No. Uh, You make sure you welcome that person. Make them feel at home. Um, Years ago, my my parents visited... uh, I think they were at a convention, the Southern Baptist Convention, and they visited uh, uh, Charles Stanley's church. And they said that there was uh, an individual that met them out in the parking lot and was very kind. and Said, "Hey, let me show you where to go and in your class and so forth." And uh, and uh, I want you to sit with me in the service later. And uh, and they said they they would sit with them. And and so they sat with a person. And they, you know, the person was kind of giving them a. Uh, an idea of what to expect and so forth and you, and then uh, as the service was about to get started the person said look would you come to our house today for dinner and they didn't do that they they didn't do that but they were so impressed by how welcomed they were they, they've never forgotten that and uh, and uh, you know that's that's what we're called to do we're I mean I'm not saying you have to Invite everybody to lunch after, okay? Uh, I might sign up if you do, but um, what I am saying is this. You need to be willing before God to take steps to welcome other people and show them the love of Christ. You, you would be amazed at the impression that it will make upon other people. So, who is great in the kingdom of God? The, the person, first of all, who serves others. Secondly, who welcomes others. Thirdly, who approves others. Look at verse 40. For whoever is not against us is for us. Okay? So the disciples are, I don't know, they're walking down the street or something, and, and they see somebody else casting out a demon. They said, hey, that's our job. They said, quit doing that. And, and then they come back and tell Jesus, we told him to quit doing that. Jesus said, don't, don't tell him that. Whoever's not against us is for us. If he's casting demons out in my name, it's going to be hard for him to say something about me. He who is not against us is for us. Oftentimes, people come up with all kinds of excuses to not approve of someone else. This can be on an individual basis. This can be on a church basis. Um, have you ever seen somebody? I, I, I remember uh, when I was, I, I, I think I was like in seventh grade or something. I had gone to school, and I guess the, the barber had gotten carried away or something, and, and my hair didn't look the greatest. And I heard, I heard this girl across the room say, Look at his haircut. That's awful. And in that moment, I recognized I was an outsider, (laughs) right? Uh, I was not big welcomed or approved of. Uh, She was finding fault with how I looked. Okay, now I'm not. I'm not saying that it probably was the case, but um, we are called to approve of others as long as there is not a central doctrinal issue like for example salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone that's non-negotiable we cannot approve of a group that would not teach salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone or that there is one God three persons the, the biblical God uh, but most of the time that's not what we're that's not our issue most of the time, we're looking at all kinds of other things as reasons to disapprove of other people, right? Um, with churches, well, I'd never go to that church. You know what kind of music they listen to down there? I think a lot of us are going to be shocked when we get to heaven because there are going to be people, be people from all over the world. The music's probably going to be interesting. It's going to have some variety to it, I think. Um, <clears throat> But in Texas, they had these churches. They were called cowboy churches. And uh, they would baptize people in feeding troughs. And they'd wear country and western outfits to church. And they'd listen to country and western style music at church. Can I tell you something? A lot of people came to Christ through that ministry. If they're doing that and they are they love Jesus Christ and they're serving him, they're my brothers and sisters. Others. Others. Uh, may say, well, you know, uh, we like to to dress casual and listen to to uh, rock-style music, you know, and uh, we, you know, we like to jam out. If they love Jesus and they're serving Him, they're my brothers and sisters in Christ. Others will say, well, you know, we like to talk with a drawl and we like to play bluegrass music. <laughs> and uh, listen, listen, If they love Jesus and they're serving Him, they're my brothers and sisters in Christ. Others may say, well, we like to dress up in suits. And we like to listen to Beethoven and Bach. Right? And if they love Jesus and they're serving Him, they're my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I'm to approve of them. You see, this is what we're called to do. You see, the man looks on the outer appearance. God looks on the heart. He looks be beyond what we see uh, to the truth of the matter of what's really going on. Whoever is not against us is for us. So approve of others as much as you can uh, and show, show them the love of Christ. This is being others focused, right? Not thinking about me. Humility is thinking about God and others, right? And so, if I'm thinking about me, what I may say is that, buddy, anybody that listens to any kind of music other than the kind of music I like is my enemy. What's that focused on? Me. But when I have a humble spirit, I'm focused on God, I'm focused on others. And my heart is to love that person. So, a person who's great in the kingdom of God is a person who serves others, welcomes others, approves of others, and gives to others. I love this. 41. Whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ, I, truly I tell you, he will never lose his reward. Giving to others makes you great in the kingdom. What I love about this is what's being given, cup of water. Most places you can get a cup of water for free. So it's not the dollar amount that you attach to it. That's not necessarily what matters. It's the heart that you have toward other people. You see, there's a need, and this person just wants something to need. This person's thirsty, I want to give them something to drink. The person who gives to others. Do you have a giving heart? I can't stand it when the preacher preaches on money. I'll quit giving. You're probably not giving anything anyway. Now listen. Sometimes we can be so focused on what we want and keeping what we have, we forget to love other people. And, and so, God has called us to have a giving heart. The person who's great in the kingdom has a giving heart. I, I remember uh, my pastor, I, I always think of him when I think of a giving heart. Uh, his name was Ron Ferguson. He, he just, he had a great giving heart. Uh, his girls were, t- were teenagers at the time. He had one girl in college and one girl in high school, and uh, I was the youth pastor there, and and uh, he he would have his his daughter would bring all her friends. I mean, they all knew. They figured out real quick uh, what Ron would do if they came, and they would come to Ron's office. And they and, and Rebecca would bat her eyes at her daddy, and she'd say, "Daddy, can we have some money for lunch?" And he'd, whoever came, he'd pay for everybody. He'd say, "Yeah, here here you go," and he'd hand it over to him. And everybody in that everybody in that in that church knew his heart. They knew that that he had a giving heart. Sometimes giving is not necessarily financial giving. Other times it may be giving of your time. That's another thing he said to me. Um, his gifting was a little different than mine, so I closed my door so I can study. I studied more than he did. But uh, uh, he, he had what he called an open-door policy. And uh, he, he wouldn't be at the church much, but when he was there, his door was always open. And everybody knew you could come in at any time. What was he doing? He was giving of his time. Uh, he also was giving in terms of his uh, appreciation. He would, he would appreciate people publicly all the time. He just had a, a giving, generous heart about that. If he could find something good about you, he'd tell you about it. That was his heart, a giving heart. And it made an impression on me as, as a young man. Uh, it, it, it's amazing how giving people can make a difference in your life. Sometimes um, a whole course of a person's life is changed to a generous individual. I I have a pastor friend, uh, Brother Zach Knows, uh, who told me that when he went to the Criswell College, he had no money to go to college. And they uh, somehow, I don't know exactly how it happened But this lady uh, invited him to come to her house, and she was an older lady, and she said, look, she said, uh, I heard you were in need. She said, I want to pay for your tuition to college. And she paid for every nickel of his tuition to college. And he is a pastor and serving God still today, decades later. Can I tell you something? That lady has a great reward in heaven. Now, yes, the size of that gift was great, but sometimes a gift might be a word of encouragement to a child. I remember um, a friend I I knew in college, he he shared with me, he, he, he told me he was the worst case of child abuse that was ever recorded in his county. When he was a little boy, he was a victim of it, and uh, he said he had gone into foster care, and he he was in the home of somebody of a different race. Isn't that interesting? And she said to him, "Alan, I never want you to forget this. Jesus loves you. Do you know he never forgot those words? He grew up. He was an army ranger." Uh, black belt and and, uh, some kind of martial arts, I don't know exactly what kind. Uh, His sensei one day led him to Christ. He said, but I never forgot what that lady told me when I was a little boy and nobody cared. That's a generous heart. You see, somebody who's great in the kingdom of heaven Gives to others. Who is great in the kingdom of heaven? The person who serves others, welcomes others, approves of others, and gives to others. Jesus said, you've done this, you've welcomed this person, you've welcomed me, you've welcomed the one who sent me. In another place, he says, inasmuch as you've done it unto one of the least of these, you've done it unto me. The great thing about the kingdom of God is... Your reward system is not based on who sees you do it, as far as human beings, right? It's based on God. And God sees what we do, and he rewards us. Uh, You give that cup of water in his name, he'll reward you. What's it going to be like to get those rewards in heaven? It's going to be great. I I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, Somebody once said it's going to be like a pep rally or like the... You know when they win the Super Bowl and everybody's excited and you know celebrating and all the cameras and everything. Uh, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but it's going to be great. But the greatest thing about receiving those rewards is what we'll be able to do with them. Because the Bible says we will cast our crowns at the feet of Jesus. And I want to have plenty of crowns to cast at the feet of Jesus because of all he's done for me. Uh, What about you? Are you great in the kingdom of heaven? If you are, you're thinking about God and you're thinking about others. That's the heart of the gospel and what we're called to do. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, for uh, having a heart that was given toward us when you sent your son. Thank you uh, for having a servant's heart as your son was the suffering servant who suffered in our place. Thank you for approving of us in Christ as you justified us from our sin. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. And Lord, I I pray that if there's somebody here today that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, that they would take advantage of the great and awesome price that was paid at the cross.